exciting moments when Antoinette returns to show here at Fennell. I feel like we've grown so much because of you. Oh, whoa. I've you. And I've grown so much because of you, Asia. <laughs> oh, oh, man. It's I such know. a beautiful show. It's true. It's exciting it's to see how you do familiar themes with so much skill and passion, and then you branch into a new area. All right. Thank you. We had fun like showcasing the case of the future, you know. So if you would just tell us about the okay. process and all the good things. We, the, the, the most basic information is Antoinette was raised in Alaska. She fished for years. She studied art. And about 25 years ago, she got really into encaustics. And it's never there. And there you have it. Okay. All right. So yes, my name is Antoinette, and I'm from Kodiak, and I was raised in Kodiak and lived in Kodiak most of my life. I um, fished in Bristol Bay for 20 years, and a lot of this work is inspired by that fishery. Um, so at, I'll I'll tell you about my work. First of all, I'll tell you about encaustics, which I've worked in for, I don't know how many years now, I've worked in encaustics. And it's pretty much my sole medium. It's um, beeswax. It's like seven to eight parts beeswax to one part Damar crystals, which is a hardening agent. So it's not like soft like beeswax, it's gotten hardened and, and pigment. In my work, I use a lot of papers, a lot of book pages, and I feel like it kind of adds another dimension to it like a, a lot of peeling paint. I work in a lot of peeling paint. And um, so it's, a, it's another dimension of the wood behind it or whatever. The, the piers have, paint, have papers on them. And you, the thing with encaustics is you can gouge in, you can fill it, you can scrape it, and there's just a lot of things to do with it. But the way that I work, you have to tape off your edges. So if, you, if you're working on a, a building, and the roof line, you have to tape that off. So, because it's molten, you work with it flat, and the the beeswax is like about 220. You know, you put it up to about 220, and you work on it flat, and you paint it, and then you tape or you tape it off and paint it. And so, then when you fuse it, you have to fuse it with either a torch or a heat gun. It won't disperse into the other side. So every Every edge, I've, um, you have to tape off. So you tape off this side, paint, tape off this side, paint, and you know, back and forth throughout the thing, unless it's loose, which is the fun stuff. And um, I, have, I can tell you about some of the, this is like on, on the Lake Iliamna, coming back from the bay, we can go across Lake Iliamna and get dropped into um, Pile Bay, come across Cook Inlet and back to Kodiak. And this is a subsistence place where you can see they've got the fish hanging and clotheslines and the blue tubs, which are everywhere. Um, and this shack over here, you can see the paper behind it and the pilings have paper in them. And that's a shack that's in Ugashik up in the Ugashic village and the water tanks of the old canneries and all that are still there. In, in the boat behind this gentleman here, that's called Transition. 
because in Bristol Bay, they used double-ended sailboats up until the early 1950s, and they had to use them. They didn't have a choice. And um, so when they were able to go to motorboats, they took some of the double-ended sailboats and transitioned them and put a prop and a, a motor on them and a house, which they didn't have in the, old, uh, the other ones. And that double-ender that I've got floating with the black ground, it's, that's, see, the double-enders are all laying in the grass in Bristol Bay. They're rotting. They're deteriorating. And so I float them again. I put them up and float them. So I do these a lot, these double-ended sailboats that are floating like that for that purpose because I, you know, to, which I had no idea what I was doing. And um, th so I went to San Francisco and took a, a class, a weekend class, to learn just, the, you know, how hot your skillet should be, you know, how to do everything that you do. That's pretty much how I learned. And I don't know that when I first was working in encaustics, I wasn't really trying to put a sense of place or a sense of where my head was at or anything. I was just trying to figure out how to use the medium and trying to, you know, show the layers and do what you can do with encaustics rather than actually give you a sense of place. That I but why do you think you were attracted to them? Because the reason I was attracted to it, so I used to work in oils. And then I took a workshop from a wonderful artist that did um, a lot of collaging, assemblage, a lot of paper and, you know, stuff like that. So I can mix them. You can't mix those two in oils. And so with encaustics, you can actually mix both, both mediums together. And that was what what started for me that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of collaging with. Yeah, yeah. And then I think about the surfaces that you're really drawn to depict, like that crazy boat hull, right, with all the peeling paint. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. I am very much intrigued with peeling paint and dead wood. <laughs> no, I, you know, it just has so much character, and it has, it has a past and a future. I mean, you know, you can see through the layers of paint and the, you know, what what went on there. Um, so it gives it a history and it gives you a sense of what what it's been through. And I you're think. reviewing when you say that history, I look in there and I see Korean newspapers. Right. Which really speaks to the history of Korean labor. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, and then I see, you know, Western modern books. And right, right, right. Athletes. And I use my books. A lot of times, it certainly isn't what it says on them, you know, so much. Sometimes I'll put something that, that you know, I find in a book, I'm going, oh, that will work real well. But mostly it's like the font is if it's large or if it's small and it works for different things. I mean, close up, you know, the larger font works better if it's closer or farther away. It's maybe a closer um, font. And line. I was thinking about that because in the buoy painting, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there's a real interesting quotation that looks like it's from like um, Toile du Jouet, like you know the French country people in the fabric. Oh, uh -huh. and there's like, what is that? It's like a little guy on there, and but from a distance, it just looks like a scratch. Or right, right, right. But then you get close and you see that you chose this figurative thing to hold 
Right. You were there. Right. The way that tiny real mosquitoes do. Right, right, right. And I do that. Yeah, so you can kind of come up close and get a whole different sense. I mean, I want you to be able to, like a regular oil painting, be able to stand back and, and see it as you would an oil painting. But I also kind of like to you to come up close and see some different papers in there and different things that are going on. In the buoy one, which I get to do a lot of fun stuff with because the buoys have so much character already. But um, if you look closely, there's sailboats in there and there's um, all kinds of things going on. A guy dumping a pitcher. I don't know. I use some um, silver paper and, um, yeah, cheesecloth. Anyway, yeah, lots you can do all kinds of, of stuff. Lots and lots of stories. Yeah. Each of those yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Can you talk about the salmon that appear in some, some of them are... Like, the salmon run through it all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, because Bristol Bay is all about the salmon. I mean, it, it is, and those salmon are all the same and all that, but it is. It's so much a part of the bay, and so I do put them in there because of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I fished, too, so it was all about salmon. How many different boats and how many different shacks have, are really like your imagery, your lexicon? I'm just curious. I'd say how many. Think about Bristol Bay. Uh-huh. Because you have oh. this boat, and we've seen this boat, like uh-huh. this boat is your grandfather or something, right? Uh-huh, it's right. appeared in various uh-huh. um, you know, canvases and scales over time. I'm curious, how many different boats and how many different shacks are actually informing would you get, I mean... Right, right. And actually, this boat, I don't think I've done before. See, the and so, yeah, the one that I did the most, that's not this one. The one that has, you can see the stern end of it, too, in that one. Um, so there's a few, well, there's a few there that you can actually get the whole reading of them. But um, most of them are rotting. And I, the one that I that I did initially, I actually photographed it it was sitting on its side in the grass and I like I said I you know in my work stood it up and made the other side the grass side part of the whole of it you know and painted it to match wow. yeah but, well I'm sure people have a lot more questions that they'll ask you thank you Anthony. oh thank you Asia. thank you, thank you. Thank you.